0: Welcome to Q&A, A A Deeper Dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into sermon content each week. Well, good day, good day, good day. I'm Mark Presley, and you are listening to A Deeper Dive with Sam Holm, only today we don't have Sam Holm. We have the great Sharla, our children's children's minister. And uh, if you're kind of new to over the past few weeks, we are doing this a little bit different. We started this podcast taking questions from you, uh, and you can still send in those questions. Sam will be back in a few weeks. You text question to 96123. But over the past four or five weeks, we've been dealing with... Uh, celebrating our 150-year celebration anniversary of this church. 1872 is when we were founded. And in that time, Sam said, hey, let's take a break, and let's take a deeper dive with some of our next-gen ministers. So we've had a chance, and if you haven't heard those, we've talked to Randy. Today we're with Sharla. We'll be with Rob and Grant, or perhaps those are already out there, and you can hear those. Um, but just dealing with issues, with questions they have. Now, uh, I said 150-year anniversary. If you want to go back and listen to some of our sermons or any of our Romans podcasts uh, or Romans sermons, you can go to firstmckinney.com slash on demand and catch those. Um, and then again, we'll be taking questions in a few weeks. Sam will be back, and we'll be discussing some of those questions. So send those in. Text question to 96123. And as always, like, share it, um, do all the things you would do with the podcasts. I know some of you may not be dealing with these issues now, or this subject material, you might be, uh, not have kids yet, because uh, we're talking to Charlotte today, and this would be a great thing to just save and listen to later. Uh, I know when I first started parenting, uh, I thought I knew it all, but <laughs> I've learned quickly as I moved into the teenage years, I didn't. Now, Sharla, uh, what I love about Sharla, uh, she has two older boys that are awesome, so she seems to be the expert on raising kids. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we have several things. Why don't you take a minute? And I didn't warn you about this ahead of time. Just go ahead and yeah. introduce yourself. How you've been in the church a long time?
1: Yes, uh, I have. I, I have been in ministry for almost twenty five years now. Um, I've been at First McKinney for ten years. I just celebrated my ten year anniversary here. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. Absolutely love what I get to do every day. Um, just feel passionate about the fact that we're building the foundation. Um, for what everything else these kids faith and church experience is going to build off of and so how awesome and what a privilege it is for us to be able to do that so we are rocking and rolling
0: in the children's building right now i would definitely say if you have not met charlotte first off I don't know if Charlotte's ever met a stranger, and <laughs> no. you can tell when you walk through the doors of the children's building that Charlotte is there. You can hear her from a mile away. <laughs> the laugh you're hearing right now is, and our kids. I know I have four kids, and they have grown to love you and both love as uh, a minister, but also as a friend. Uh, all those kind of things. But you get you we to prep for this. You kind of gave me some questions, and I, I know you have a lot here, so I want to dig right in. But um. I think you said the number one question you get is how do you keep your kids talking to you?
1: Yes. Yes. I get that question all the time. Now, you know, I get a lot of how do I lead my child to Christ and all that sort of thing. But the number one parenting question I get is um, how do you keep your kids talking to you? My kids talk a lot to me. They tell me things that I really don't want to know sometimes now that we've moved into the 18 and 19-year-old, you know, adult ish uh life. And but parents ask me all the time because they struggle with that, you know, with shutting things down. And so yeah, that's the one I get the and, most. And
0: you're getting that question is because I know um my kids there were certain ages that they talked to and I have, I know yours are on the far end of the school, if not into college and all that. Yeah. But I have one in high school and then some younger. And I find actually uh, by gender, some of them speak more than others. That's right. Uh, but also in those age groups, you know, when they're in junior high, they're not talking to me as much. But right before junior high, kind of those first years of high school, they they talk a lot. They start
1: talking, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I tell people all the time, um, really to me, I think it's one of the most important things as far as keeping your kids talking to you is you have to actually care about what they say. Um, so that's hard because there are many times that I heard lots of Fortnite talk and I did not care about <laughs> Fortnite
0: talk. And have you ever played Fortnite?
1: Um, Like once and that was it and I was not good at it. So I just said, okay, I'll just watch you. But it was actually showing them that I cared about it. So maybe I didn't care about what they were saying, but I would sit and I would watch them, you know, or back in the days when my boys were younger, it was Dora, you know, and I would sit and watch Dora with them. Where's the map? I know, where's the map? (laughs) Um, And so for me, I think one of the most important things is you have to actually care about what they're saying. Because if you don't listen to them when they're talking about Paw Patrol and Fortnite, they're not going to, Keep talking to you about who they're dating, um, what their dreams are, um, what kind of car do they want, what are their friends doing, you know, all that kind of stuff. If you're not listening when they're young, they're not going to talk when they're old.
0: And I found, even, I know uh, with one of my junior high boys, uh, I found, and you said Fortnite, and that immediately sparked, and I am not the expert at all. Yeah. Um, but I found if I go and play a video game with him, whether I like the video game or not, which is what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I just spent five minutes. That five minutes, almost like a bank, it goes in and that's then right. it gets paid out in dividends that's later right. in the day, yep. the next day, because I showed that interest. And that's mm-hmm. basically what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I showed a little bit of interest in something I may not enjoy. Now, I do right. like video games, but I'm saying I don't like the game Rocket League or whatever he's right. playing. <laughs> right. But Roblox. if I spend and, and I don't like it, I think, because he's way better than me and right. I lose and yes. I don't like to lose. Mm-hmm. So um, but if I play that game for just a little bit of time, he'll spend more time with that's me.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's another key um, to getting your kids talking to you is you figure out what their love language is. Um, you know, if their love language is quality time, that's I'm guessing the child that you're talking about probably has quality time. Love I language. I think his
0: love language is wrestling.
1: Like, <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes, there you go. Which falls under quality time.
0: <laughs> now, my older one, no, he doesn't like to wrestle as much. But the, the other one, yes, he likes, yeah. Right,
1: yes. So, so I think that's been a piece for us is finding out what that love language is and just, you know, making those deposits like you said, into the bank for that. And then the times that I want them to talk to me, then I will say, hey, you know, take one kid at a time and just say, hey, let's go, let's drive over to Shields and see, you know, what shoes they've got out now or whatever. Well, the reason I choose Shields and not Academy at 380 is because it's a 45-minute drive to get over there and back. And that gives me time to put them in the car you know, they're not looking at me. They're looking straight ahead. And it's funny because it almost tricks them into having a conversation and we're driving along, listening to music and they start talking, you know, and it's, it's another tip I think for parents, you know, when you want to keep your kids talking to you, you have to be intentional about providing these opportunities for them where you're giving things into their love language. You're putting them in the car where they don't have to look at you while they're talking to you and things like that.
0: And if you're new to this love language things there's several books out there but it's basically there's five types of languages Mm -hmm. Uh, i can't repeat them all right offhand, but and it, it's, so I would research that if you've never heard yeah. that, because it's also a great way to connect with a spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend. It's to know their love language. Yeah, and yeah. How to so we've actually
1: that. used that in our home since our boys were little. Um, someone gave us that book when Dave and I were in marriage counseling, which was, helped us a lot. Um, but we used that since when the boys were young, and I can remember when they were probably five and six, and they were sitting on the couch, and Ethan's number one love language is physical touch, and Isaac's absolutely zero love language is physical touch. And Ethan laid over and put his head on his brother's uh, shoulder. And Isaac looks at him and he just sighs. And he's like, Ethan, please get off of me. You know that love lang- my love language is not physical touch. And they're like four and five years old. You know? like, but yes. it does help you get to know your child really well and what what language they speak. You know, and
0: I would say uh, we're talking right now about parenting, but this could also apply to grandparenting. Oh yeah, and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's even from what I've seen. I'm not a grandparent yet, but uh, it's easier it's even easier for that grandparent to make that connect. Right. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. And you might be able to help the parents too in that way and find out information and share that. Yeah. Um, I know we kind of talked some practical tips, but do you have any more practical Um, tips with that? I think
1: another one for me of how to keep your kids talking to you is, you know, along with being intentional is just have some nighttime conversations. For me, nighttime is the time that I think most kids are going to talk to you right before they go to bed, which is Great because if you can get out of that routine of get in your bed, get your teeth brushed, get your bath, you know, all that kind of stuff, and you know, get all that done, but then have that quiet time with them every night, whether you're reading a scripture together, or praying together. You know, just sharing and talking about your day, or you know, whatever it is, having that little quiet time at night that gives them the opportunity to kind of calm themselves down before they go to sleep, and then have a special time with you. Um, that that was a that's been a big thing for us. And actually, like I said, our boys are eighteen and nineteen. Sometimes they come home from work at Chick Fil A at eleven thirty at night, and they come in, and they sit on the floor, you know, in our bedroom, and they just start talking about their day. Now. I'm so tired at this point. I'm old, you know, <laughs> ready to go to bed. But I would never You're dare. You're young at heart. Yeah, You're there you go, there heart. you go. But I don't say to them, you know, really get up and get out of here, you know, because I know with them being the age that they are, this isn't going to last much longer, you know, and as much of the deposits that I can give into to their life, Um, Right now, listening to what they have to say is just going to strengthen that
0: relationship later on. I know for me, uh, school just started for us. I don't know when you're listening to this, but school started for us. And uh, my third child, I'm taking her and it's a longer drive than I've had. And I know you were talking about Shields and Mm -hmm, going there, mm -hmm. but it's been interesting Uh, because we're having conversations we've never had on our little drive to school. And I know you were talking about night, but it's another, Mm -hmm. I think it's also seizing Mm -hmm. that opportunity to go, okay, maybe I turn off the radio here and we just talk or ask her some questions. I know on the list you gave me ahead of time, uh, you talk about, talk about the positive and negatives. We call them highs and lows Yeah, Yeah. but I know our youngest will quiz that. So we try to have our family dinner. I know Mm -hmm. probably everyone listening no matter what age, has tried to have family dinners. And,
1: <laughs> well, you know. it doesn't work in our house because we have uh, everybody works in a restaurant. So they're all working at times when you're supposed to be eating. So we have to do ours at nighttime before bed. But, yeah, just find a time during the day to say, hey, what we're, what's your positive and your negative for the day? What's your high or low for the day? You know, and then you'll learn a lot and just kind of build off of that. Um, another thing I like to tell parents is don't overreact. Um, when your kid tells you something and you just want to say, what, what in the world? I can't believe, you know, your friend did that, or I can't believe you did that. Don't overreact. Because if you do that, they're going to shut down. They're going to stop talking to you. Now, if it's a discipline thing that you need to talk about later, great. You can use that later. But for when they're talking to you, just to listen, you know, try to keep your face calm, your reactions calm, and then just ask questions, you know, hear the story, listen to where they're coming from, and you'll learn a lot about your kid. And then they'll keep talking to you because they know that you're not going to fly off the handle.
0: Without getting into the psychology of it, kind of talk through some active listening. I know in the practical steps you you say to do some of that, to listen. What are some active listening that I can do as a parent for a child?
1: Yeah, I think just, um, you know, that, that whole piece right there of just um, – you know, not reacting is huge. Um, I think that listening to them... when they're talking with their friends and just asking questions, you know, like another thing I think is that parents or their child will say something, they immediately like, oh, well, you don't need to do that. Or, you know, well, how are you going to handle that situation? Because this is not the right way. This is how you need to handle that situation. And when you're working with your children, you want them, you want to teach them to grow up and be independent thinkers, you know, and like they need to grow up and know that they're, that, it's it's them. It's them and Jesus. You know, you're going to pray and you're going to ask Jesus for wisdom, and then you're the one that's going to make the decision. And so it's important for us to not always say, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, but to ask them questions that can lead them to making the decisions that they need to make.
0: Okay. And I know we have some other stuff, but this just came to me, so I want to ask it. Okay. What has been the difference? Because you're dealing with preschool children mm-hmm. every day, but now mm-hmm. you have an 18 and 19-year-old. 20, 21-year-old, they're not that age, but I'm saying they're 18, 19. What's the difference in parenting that older child to parenting the younger child? Or are there mm-hmm. some things that are the same?
1: Well, there's, there are some that's the same. We all still have the same needs. We all still need to be loved. We all, all need to know that we're um, we're important and we're needed and you know that God loves us and all those things. The biggest difference for me in between parenting younger children and parenting adultish children is is that the consequences of your decisions are different. They're different level. So when you're in fifth grade and you make a decision, a consequence may be really small and it may be something that affects you for a week. When you're 19 and you make a decision, that consequence could affect you for the rest of your life um, or it could affect your education or it could affect. So, So really, you know, you got to think. But we had to think about that back when they were, five years old, you know, because when they're five years old, you're teaching them how to make decisions and what are those consequences going to look like? And how do we, you know, we always go to Christ first and we read our Bible and we talk to people that we know are believers around us to get the wisdom that we need. We try to teach that to them when they're younger so that when they're 19 and they're making those decisions where that's going to have lifelong consequences, that they're already knowing how to handle the decision making. So that's been the biggest piece in parenting for me that's been different.
0: Okay. So say we have somebody that's listening And they just came to Christ and Mm -hmm. or this parenting thing is new to them because of a blended family or multiple other factors. But they're just coming to this and going, wait, I need to have purpose behind my parenting. But they have a fourth grader, you know, so they haven't been able to build that foundation. You have any advice for them that that are just starting? So when they because your boys are great when they turn out 18, 19, is there something they could start if they have not started at this point?
1: I think the biggest piece of advice that I have is start. Um, you know, I mean, we can we don't look back and don't say, oh, these are all the d- the mistakes that I made because I I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I started parenting. Uh, I'm an overachiever, um, and so I like to do. No, d- d-
0: <laughs> I know. I know it's shocking.
1: I know it's shocking. <laughs> it, like, it takes one to know one, by the way, Mark <laughs> Presley. <laughs>
0: Whatever.
1: <laughs> anyway, I, I'm just highly competitive. Yeah, there you go. That's what I say. Um, But I have always tried to do lots of things all at one time. Um, and so when my boys were younger, I was going to seminary full-time. I was working full-time at a church. I was parenting my kids full-time. I was involved in all their school stuff and their sports stuff. And I tried to be everything to everybody. And I look back at that now and I made a lot of mistakes, you know, and there were a lot of uh, parenting mistakes that I made. Uh, I, One of the biggest mistakes I made, actually had this conversation with somebody last week, Um, biggest parenting mistakes I made when mine were younger, is that I didn't always go to the heart of the reason why there was a discipline issue. So when there was a discipline problem, I didn't sit them down and talk about the heart of why. You know, why did you steal that toy from the Lego store? Like, let's get down and talk about that and see where our heart is. And instead, I was, okay, this is the action. This is the consequence. You've received the consequence. We're going to move on. And if I could go back as a parent now and change something, knowing what I know now, that's probably one of the biggest things that I would change is the piece of, you know, getting to the heart of the issue. And
0: Okay. So I'm in the throes of it. How do you do that?
1: Um, well, I think there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, unfortunately, the Bible does not give us a manual on parenting. Um <laughs> Sorry, Lord, I, I did say, unfortunately.
0: I mean, does it even mention parenting?
1: It does. It does mention parenting um, and how we are to treat our children. But it's not, you know, you don't get the what what to expect when you're expecting manual and proverbs anywhere, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so so you kind of have to figure it out. And, I mean, the Bible says a few things like children are a heritage of the Lord, direct your children the way they should go. Um, teach your children the truths of the Lord. Um, you know that sort of thing. It does also say, parents, that if you love your child, you will discipline them. Um, this is something that I think is important for us to remember as well. Um, but definitely doesn't give us a huge thing. And so, don't you
0: love the comment? That, that when your child says yes, but so-and-so doesn't get in trouble for that or so-and-so doesn't. Mm-hmm. I say, know? well,
1: so-and-so is not your mama. Yeah, so. may, maybe I'm venting too much <laughs> on, this,
0: on this podcast. Sorry.
1: I either say that or I say, put it on your list for your therapist when you get older. <laughs> Those are the two things I say. Um, so anyway, so the parents, you know, a lot of times they'll come to me and they'll say, how do I know what to do? You know, I mean, they, you give me this, the mm-hmm. Lord gives me this child. There's no manual. I don't know what to do. The Bible doesn't, you know, give me 10, 10 things to do to raise a child. Um, and I think for me, just in raising my children for the past 19, almost 20 years, um, my parenting changed when I realized two things. The first thing is that this child is a gift from the Lord. Um, I, honestly, didn't always feel that way. I mean, I would say it in like the little cliche baby dedication. Oh, my child is a gift from the Lord. But, you know, when I was pregnant um, and I was in the hospital with severe morning sickness, I called Ethan my little parasite. (laughs) Wasn't my little peanut. He was my little parasite.
0: (laughs) I don't, you, you have adult children that I think they're living at home. You might be back to that soon. Yeah.
1: I think I'm probably actually doing that right now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just don't say it out loud. Remember, time is limited. I think that's what you just said. Time is limited. That's right.
1: That's right. But you know, when they're screaming all night long, they're making choices that you know aren't best for them. Or honestly, parents, Kids sometimes are jerks, you know, and you're looking at them and you're thinking, man, this kid's supposed to be, a, you know, a, a gift from the Lord. But I think for me, um, when I realized that, that they really were, you know, and that this child is a person that God created and, and it's a, he has a purpose and a plan, um, they aren't mine you know, and we keep, we think, oh, these kids are my kids and I can do what I want with them. And I'm going to raise them the way I want to raise them. Nobody's going to tell me what I can do and what I can't do. You know, you have to realize like they're not your kids. They're God's kids. Um, and when you realize that this child that you're looking at is God's prized possession that he created, um, it changes the way you treat them. You know, um, yes, I'm still called to be an authority over my child. Yes. I'm still called to discipline my child, Um, but, but I'm called to love them and I'm called to honor them. And so then you go to the scripture and you say, okay, Lord, there's no parenting. But when I see my child as a, as God's prized possession that he created, the Bible tells us a whole lot about how to treat people. And all those scriptures are not quote unquote parenting, but they are scriptures on how to treat others. Um, and those are behind each other forgive one another, treat others how you want to be treated, count others as more significant than yourself. And I think that your whole point of view changes, your dynamic of your relationship changes with your child when you see them as God's creation and not your child that you are to take care of
0: and raise. And uh,
1: you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. It's in a different vein for me. It's the Mm -hmm. same, same concept, but Andy Stanley, um, we were at a conference and I think we were there together and he was giving a talk and he just said, I can't say it word for word what he said just cause I don't remember, but it's basically like, what if you're put on earth to raise your child to do great things for God? Right. It's yes. not necessarily that you may do great things, but it, it changed the way I even looked at my kids who mm-hmm. were grown at that time, mm-hmm. not grown, grown, but they're grown mm-hmm. is maybe I'm here to raise the next Billy Graham. Maybe I'm here to raise the next, you know, whoever, maybe I'm here to raise the person who will bring their friends to Christ.
1: That's right. Yeah. And it changes your whole perspective and how you see your kid, you know? Um, and that, I think when I realized those things, my parenting changed. Um, and I realized that probably when my kids were early elementary, um, is when it hit me, might've been when we went to that (laughs) conference. (laughs) Possibly, possibly. But I remember just looking at them differently and just realizing, yes, they're my responsibility. And yes, you know, I have some, um, leeway on how I feel like God's called me to raise them, but but I have to see them as God's creation first you know, before anything.
0: Going back to, and we're almost out of time, but going back to one of the things you said where you said, you know, I said, what if, what if you're just realizing some of this and they're older? I would, Mm -hmm. you know, you said just start. start. Just start. Actually, where I would start is praying. And I would challenge whoever's listening. Yes. When was the last time you prayed for your children?
1: Exactly. Yes. Um,
0: And teach your children to pray. Yes. You know?
1: Yeah. I think some of the most important things you can do starting out, whether you're starting out and you're pregnant and you're getting ready, or whether you're fourth grade and your kids fourth grade and you just got saved, or whether your kids grown and you just you you have totally you know not raised them in Christ, which for whatever reason, I'm you know not judging anybody here because I've messed up a bunch and I'm a minister, <laughs> a children's minister. So but but you you gotta pray for your kids every day. And then I would say seek out someone who can be a mentor to you. Um, whether that's somebody who's just in a stage just above where you are—that's what my husband Dave and I have done. We have we've sought out people who are in the stage just above ours, and because it's fresh for them, you know, right. it's not like Grandma who says, "Oh, my son never did anything wrong," you know, blah 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 blah. It's you know, find them and say, "How did you handle this situation?" You know, and just have them mentor you and help you, and then you can learn from where they messed up. Those sort of things. And then even if you're a grandparent, you know, find somebody who's in the stage ahead of you and just say, hey, how did you how did you parent, grandparent your college age grandkids? You know, how did you love them? How did you help them bring them closer to the Lord? I mean, I think it's just, you know, as long as we're all here on this earth, we have a calling to do that.
0: And I would, you're encouraging them to look ahead. I would also look behind you. And maybe you can be that person for someone else. Yes. And um, we're in a big mm-hmm. discipleship push here. And it's almost yes. that discipleship mm-hmm. thing is yeah. how are you discipling? You're looking for someone to disciple you to help you parent. Yes. How are you looking behind to help someone else? That's right. And bring them up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that and really when you get to the bottom of it, that's the whole reason we're here. I mean the Lord gave us these children to disi- to disciple them and to teach them to make them disciples which is like what our whole church is about and you know all these parenting things you know it's it's all about making them to be disciples you know, and you got to be able to talk to them if you want to make them to be disciples. So, which takes us <laughs> just takes us all the way back to takes the beginning. us full circle <laughs> is just
0: those things we talked about at the first. Well, I do want to thank you for your time. Yeah, and Charlotte's always over in the well. She's not always in the children's building. I'm always in the children's. building. She's room. out and about, and you can hear her coming a mile away. Trust me. But uh, I would just stop and tell her, encourage her today because she is doing an awesome job over there and, and our church is seeing the fruits of her work. I know we're right in the middle of this series with 150 and Sam's been preaching and well we've gotten to hear Chris and others and uh, the, the verse we're looking at is in Psalms, and it says, tell the next generation. That's right. And that's really the message of today is tell the next generation. Yes. Um, but I think it's also stop and listen to mm-hmm. the next generation. And yes. and that's the key to those foundations is to tell and to listen. So thank that's you awesome. for your time. And and I do encourage you during this series, listen to some of the others. We're going to have Grant, uh, Randy we already had, and then Rob also kind of talking about different issues dealing with that generation. But thank you. charlotte for your time and uh we look forward to the next episode and then as i said you can like this share this uh tell other people about it and we'll put some more content out there for you and then in a couple weeks sam will be back as we work our way through the rest of romans thank you Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.